Brian Carpenter, good morning, my friend. How are you? Morning. Happy to be here. Excellent. So you are the king of Worcester. You're building a team, uh, real estate agents going out there, hustling, working with investors, helping people make more money. What are you doing in a minivan? No, it's a truck. I swear it's a truck. It's not a minivan. <laughs> I'm sorry. I see all your pictures with your kids. So just, I assume that you drive a minivan. <laughs> that was, that was the last generation. We got into a truck now. Nice brother. So how many kids do you have? Three. I've got a, a 20, an 11, and a 9. The 9 just had her birthday last night. Her favorite thing on her birthday, you'll appreciate this, she gets to say nine bad words no matter how bad they are on her birthday. <laughs> so, yeah, I have I'm, a reputation in Worcester. <laughs> I'm expressly prohibited from ever posting it online, though. Yeah, well, I guess um, that was your <laughs> wife's doing, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, yeah. Because based on everything you do post, I think that that would be acceptable to your audience. <laughs> yeah, that would be like middle of the road. Yeah. Your, your face moving slow. I must have a bad connection here. Uh, it is not, it's not the first time. Let me take my phones off of internet. This way, the Wi-Fi is not being used by that phone. Or that phone. Still hear me, Brian? Yep, I'm good. All right, cool. We're back in the game. All right, so one Worcester. What got you into real estate? How'd you uh, how'd you start being a real estate agent in the first place? Man, it was tough getting started. I, I signed up for the class three times. I even paid for it once and didn't do it. Uh, real estate is one of those things you have to have a little bit of time and a little bit of money to get started. If you don't have, if you don't have both of those at the same time, it's really hard to get going, especially if you're the, the primary income of a house. Um, finally, the, the fourth time I signed up for the class, I had sold a, another business. I used to do some FedEx. Um, I sold another business, so I had a little time. I had a little money, and that's, that, was, that was how I got started. But it's, you know, I, the first time I signed up for the class, I was 18. I'm 40 now. So oh, wow. it, it took that long to get going. So you signed up for the class. We're not talking went and took the test or even like did the class. You just, you're just talking about signing up. Like you've gone and signed up for the class multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. And it was only, I've only gone once. I paid for it twice, but went once. No um, kidding. You know, and family comes up and other work things comes up and you find yourself without the time or without, you know, there was, there was in my early twenties, I didn't have 400 bucks to take the class when I thought I would. Right. So it's, you know, things definitely get better as get better with age, but you know, there was times where I didn't have the money to take the class, even if I had the time. No kidding. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, from considering where you are right now, it's definitely a long jump from not having the money, not having 400 bucks to go and take the class to running a team of how many people do you have in your office now? Uh, we're right around 70. 70 real estate agents. <laughs> yeah. And, and we try to keep them all busy too. Like I, I won't just, you know, there's a lot of places that, they, you know, if you fog a mirror, they sign you up. Yeah. Um, in the last month, we've turned down four agents because awesome. they wanted to do it kind of part-time or one wanted to sell their cousin's house. Yep. And maybe they would do another one for their other cousin later in the year. And we're not interested in that agent. You know, we're right. interested in an agent that wants us to be their full-time job because we put a ton of time, energy, money, marketing, um, you know, my time. We put a lot of that behind agents. Yep. So we're just not willing to take someone on who's not going to put as much into it as I am. Absolutely. And you're staying for now, 
your agents are primarily centered in the Worcester area or you're expanding out into other areas? Are you finding that 70 agents, it's still hard to cover all of Worcester? Funny you ask. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're actually under agreement on a property in Plainfield, Connecticut. Nice. Uh, it is from Worcester. It's about 45 minutes south. It's right on 395. Yep. Um, we've got a single agent down there that does almost 100 transactions, and she's one of those people that really helps other people build their business. Yep. Um, so we're, we're looking at that being kind of our secondary market. Uh, Worcester's always going to be first. Right. Um, but as this year goes on, I would expect, you know, 20 or 30% of our business to come from that Connecticut corridor right on 395. Nice. And that's nice because you're already licensed in Connecticut. So be able to go and bounce back and forth is actually really valuable for your clients. Yeah, we're actually already doing the business down there. Um, right. I think we had maybe 150 transactions in Connecticut last year as our secondary market. Nice. Um, with really no support. And now the agents are down there and, you know, where people do business, I'm happy to grow and support around them. Absolutely. Yeah, Brian, I love that. So where where do you stand with Worcester? How many closings did you have in Worcester last year? Uh, probably about three, 350 to 400. Nice. We were we, sh we should break 500 this year because we're some places are going down and slowing down. Um, we're, we're just under our record under agreement. Yep. We've kind of been hovering at like eight or 10 deals below our all-time high. Yep. Um, so we're, we're still in a, you know, a pretty strong position. Agents that yeah. want to work are busy. There are some agents that shut it down. You know, they have family concerns. They have um, either little kids or grandparents in the house and, or, or they have issues themselves. Right. So there are some agents that just shut it down and we completely respect that. I get it. Your health is first. Yep. Um, but the agents that are out there and are, are able to work and want to work, there's business, man. People are sitting at home looking at houses on the internet and we, we want to catch all those leads. Yeah. They're watching our videos saying it's going to be best. I hope so. Um, I don't know if you remember. Uh, Zantia yeah. Took yeah. A, took a lead yesterday. Uh, maybe the day before it was, uh, it ended up being a $700,000 listing that she, I think is going back to sign today and a $300,000 high end condo buy. So just, you know, somebody was online, you grabbed them and it's a million dollars worth of transaction for, for an agent. I love her energy. She's such a fun agent and she's a hustler. Like that's, that's why it makes sense. You know, that's how you do it. You take the lead, go on it. You don't know what it's going to be. Could be a million dollars of listings. Yeah. As many of them, I mean, when people get frustrated sometimes because we purchase a lot of leads from our agents, yep. um, we make our money back in referrals, but it allows them to kind of grow their business without investing. Um, right which we encourage them to do eventually. But when you're getting going, it's important to get out there and see people and see houses. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a huge benefit to grow your business short term. Well, it's not the right way to build it long term. Um, right. But we also show people how to buy these leads at a discount and, yeah. uh, you know, further their own career later on once they hit that kind of phase two. Yeah, absolutely. And so are you using a lead company like Zillow or Realtor.com? What, what company are you using to generate those leads now? Are they primarily buyer or primary listings? So they're definitely primary buyer. If, if anyone ever finds a seller source of leads that you can just pay for, let me know and I'll buy them all. Um, <laughs> they're just there to the best of my knowledge is not a reliable source for that. Getting the seller yep. leads is still all about hustle. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times like this one that, that she took out the other day, it was a buyer lead for a $300,000 condo that also had to sell their $700,000 house. So we get plenty of sellers through that. Right. Um, but the majority are definitely buyer leads. Yep. Um, but it's about building a relationship and they're going to be seller leads later. Um, we've got one in Worcester right now. We've got a four family. They're selling that four family in Worcester. That's super hot. 
yeah. they want to go buy two, three families in a in an area that's maybe not so hot, they can increase from th- four doors to six or eight doors. I love it. Um, and collect more money per month with less overall debt. So, yeah, you know, we, we like to work with people like that as well, and that's something that we definitely pulled from some of your trainings. Yeah, I love that. So, Brian, it's it's one of those things where you see somebody start and then expand and grow and you're, you're improving, not just yourself, but you're improving your agents. You have that growth mindset. Everybody around you is improving. You're a non-competing broker, which I love. Um, one of my, my second broker was a non-competing broker and those leads give you the opportunity. Like I could at any moment just be like, Hey, you know what, Tom, I, I'd like to start going on appointments again and you'd open the funnel. And then, you know, it's, you know, in six months, you're on a hundred appointments and it's like, boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. And, then you can you know, pass it along to other agents and you, you go back and you start generating your own stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of brokerages that buy leads. Um, however, there's a lot of those brokerages, the broker's primary function is still to sell deals. Right. Um, yeah. So when a $400,000 listing lead comes in, it never makes it to the agent. Right. Um, so being a non-competing broker, my job is literally to help other people build their business and that's how and when I make my money. Exactly. So it's definitely more of a long game than a short game, but, you know, I don't, I don't want to take that transaction away from somebody else. I want them out there selling it. Yeah. Um, I've still got every year I do less and less transactions, but there's still those customers that just won't let me move them to another agent. Right. So, you know, they're, they're usually, we'll say unique and possibly difficult customers. <laughs> they can't move to somebody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. I keep a few of those every year, but they're, they're super high net worth and it's like, it's okay. It's worth it. And then I, they're not hard. They're just complex. You know, the products yeah. they, they own are complex. And so I couldn't, I wouldn't feel right pushing that to an agent who's never worked with that much property before. So yeah. like I'll, I'll keep a couple of clients, but for the most part, the agents are still getting involved in those deals anyway with me. You know, it's, yeah. It's I close. try to send people out on showings and get a referral out to them for the showings or exactly. There's yeah. just only so many hours in the day. And if I'm taking agent calls all day long, you're playing the long game. Yeah, that's you said it the right way. You're playing the long game. Yeah. You're investing. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, sometimes it's not about money. Sometimes it's about time. I have no problem investing time into an agent that will hopefully create income for my company for three, five, seven years. Our retention's always really strong. Um, you know, like any, like any. But in the last year, I think we probably lost twelve agents last year. Six are already back. Three oh, no were talk, you know, three we're talking to and hope to get back, and the other three maybe we don't want back. Yeah. Um, so we're we're usually pretty good. We're excellent with retaining, but people who leave go somewhere else, and they say, "Oh, I don't yeah. get good leads here," and you know, no, nobody answers their phone here, and you know, so we're we're really good about, um, you know, pre-corona, there would be two of us literally sitting in the office every day just waiting for people to come in and say can you help me with the value in this house? What do I do with this customer? I'm negotiating this deal. You know, what's the, what's the next thing that I should do? How do I protect my client? You know, my client did something really dumb. How do I save them? Um, you know, so we're literally sitting in the office waiting for those calls as opposed to being out on showings and out on listing appointments and doing the things that agents do all day. Yeah. You have, you have a real investor mindset to this business. You know, you're not, so that's the problem with a lot of brokers is they're thinking, oh, I've got to make money. I got to make money. You're thinking I'm building a business. I've got to help my agents make money. My agents have to go make money this way. You know, it continues and expands and grows the business. That's why they come back. So for anybody listening, who's not an agent or not a broker, understand that retention in a brokerage, you lose an agent every, you lose one third of your agents in the first year. 
So the first year that they're an agent, they they switch brokerages. One third of them will switch brokerages, and this continues every single year. They might they might never close a transaction, so you lose those ones too. And you if lose you those sign as well. someone on, and if you sign someone on and don't do anything with them, that's that's a lost agent, just the same as as someone yep. who goes to another brokerage. Absolutely. Then you, you got so the other thing, investment. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we're doing really different and I'm seeing other brokerages start to struggle right now, paying, paying their own rents. Um, all of the properties that we're in are actually investment properties. Yep. So we have, uh, four offices, but a total of 22 doors in those offices. So we're collecting rents. Um, you know, so if we have a bad, we haven't had it yet, but if we have a bad Corona month, I just won't charge myself rent. Um, you know, and, and so far all the tenants have been, have been, paying most or all of their rent so mortgages are all covered and we're not paying where these other brokerages have you know these big giant beautiful offices with thousands of dollars in rent behind them yeah they're 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 starting to make there's unfortunately for me there's other brokerages making really crazy offers to agents right now because they need that influx of cash right yeah so yeah there's a little bit of scarcity in the market there's some people who are uh, devaluing themselves and at the same time that scared mentality is, is going to keep kick them out of the game quicker than holding their value. They're going to, you know, under, they're going to be able to underdo because they're not, the, the client's going to feel the scarcity in their mind. The client's going to feel the, the fear, the, the, you know, the, I'll do whatever it takes. And they're not going to respect that, that investor, that agent. It's just part of the game. If you don't hold your value through the transaction, the, the client won't respect you. And then, how are they going to trust you when you can't negotiate your own commission with negotiating the sale of their house? Are you, sure. are you just going to give up on the, the price of their home as well? So it's, yeah, hold your ground. Like, no, you guys, you know, you just know their worth, you know, and that's, an agent that's or a broker charge. who needs a single commission is a scary thing for a client. Terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. If you're more worried about your commission than you are protecting someone's best interest, that's a huge problem. Absolutely. And so, I got to ask now, so we're talking about investment. Uh, we're talking about Worcester. That's your primary market. And so um, a lot of my investors are working in Worcester now. As we expand our, our reach, we're finding that, you know, we're training students all over the state. And I think three of my students now are in Worcester. And I'm wondering, what do you see happening in the Worcester market? I'm following, and I, I looked at the numbers. I'm noticing inventories drying up. Are you seeing uh, an increase in price because of that? I mean, the sales seem to still be going. Uh, it seems like you guys have 58 days, uh, 42 days on market for single families and 58 for the three families, multifamilies. Why are we seeing higher prices? And, and if, you know, confirm if that's true, are we seeing higher prices and less inventory on the market? Uh, both of those things are true. Uh, I, I think it's fairly simple. You know, if there was, if there was a month ago, um, or two months ago, I guess, pre-corona, if there was 100 houses on the market and 150 buyers on the market, that obviously creates the shortage and creates uh, properties, you know, going for higher prices. Yep. If now because of, you know, some higher unemployment and some weird stuff going on, um, now there's 120 buyers and 100 things for sale, we still have a shortage. Even with the people that took themselves out of the market through change, change work history, yep. um, there's still a shortage. There's still way more buyers than there are houses for sale. Right. Um, and there's a lot of uh, Boston, Hartford, New York money coming into Worcester now on the multis. Yeah. So I'm really encouraging a lot of people who, who have those three families. I'm encouraging them to sell in Worcester and go buy somewhere that's not as expensive. Right. Um, let, let someone come in and pay that top dollar and charge top dollar rent. Um, 
you know, and you can, you, the couple I'm working with now, they're literally going to go double the number of doors that they're working with and reduce their monthly, their monthly spend. Where do you have them reinvesting? So you're suggesting sell the three and move into something with a better return on investment. Where, where are they moving to? Where are they looking? So Southbridge Fitchburg, uh, you can go nice. a little bit South or a little bit North. Yep. Um, the properties are, you know, still a three family in those places. You can find between 150 and 250, depending on the condition. Yep. Uh, but you're still getting over a thousand dollars a month in rent, you know, yep. in Worcester, you might be 16 to $1,800 in rent where, you know, in some of these other towns, you might be 12 or $1,300. But yep. when you add up your, your debt service on what you're borrowing on these properties versus your, you know, versus your rent coming in, you're making more money every month. Exactly. So don't put your nose up in the air at $150,000 multifamily in a, in a town that's not as hot. Right. It's all about making money. So it doesn't really matter where that is. I, I love that you're saying this. So I was looking at the numbers and per unit in Worcester, the three families are selling for 123000 per unit. Yeah. So you're looking at the, the unit cost. If you're going to Fitchburg and picking up a three family for one you're talking about a 50000 a door. You know, it's just the barrier to entry is much lower. You can get more doors like you were just saying. And, and you're going to have a lower rent. I mean, your rent's going to be lower. Your rent in Fitchburg might be 1200 instead of 1600 Right but you're going to make more dollars every month exactly. and or have more credit available to go buy another property. Exactly. It, just, it opens you up to have way more options. If you use your entire line of credit or your entire available credit to purchase one property, you're, you're tied there for a while and you're not going to be able to do anything else until you raise more capital. Right. Or if you, you know, if you only spend half of what you have available, you can go find another property. You can look for that great deal that the guy who's retiring the off market property, you can, you can find that stuff. And the, the other thing that I thought was really interesting, and I've seen this all across the, the, the country, not the country, all across the state uh, where we invest. And if you look at the three families and you look at the two families and you look at the, this, the four units and the five units and the six units, actually Worcester doesn't have any uh, five units or six units sold in the last uh, six months. There's just not Yeah, very enough. few. They're just not available. They, they don't exist. I don't they don't, they don't exist. exist. But there's very few of them. Right. <laughs> but you look at um, you look at the four families, and again, not as many of them. But when they're selling, they're selling for less per unit, per like per door. So you're almost better off going and trading that three for a four, or trading that two for a four, because per door you're paying less on on those bigger buildings. Now, obviously, yeah. the five and six just don't exist. But Fitchburg, you know, it's it's one of the ones I was looking at. Fitchburg, uh, Lynn, which is a little further away. It's more for the North Shore guys. But those those markets have opportunities. You know? Oh, there's four, five, six families all over the place up there. Yeah, and you're not talking about a big drive, and the tenant base is very similar. Yeah, it's very yeah, it's similar. Still a, college, it's still a college town. It's still a blue collar working town. There's there's still people that will rent for you know ten plus years in one spot. Absolutely, there's still renters there. Yeah, I love it. I I love that you're you're talking to investors. You're you're building their uh, strategies out, building their portfolios, moving them along. Uh, it's definitely a, a value add that one Worcester Homes uh, provides to its clients. Uh, it's one of the reasons I love working with you guys. You have that investor mindset and you're, you're putting that into your agents. Have you seen uh, any of your agents considering picking up multis right now? Yeah, we, well, we've got a few that are, um, I, I got to be honest, since I've, what I've been doing the last year or two is picking up commercial buildings. So I have a couple yep. that are looking to go that route. Um, the commercial buildings are a little harder to get as far as financing and stuff. Yeah. But when a water line breaks, you shut the water off and you tell your tenants, Hey, I'm really sorry. The water will be fixed tomorrow. When the heat breaks, you tell them, I'm really sorry. The heat will be fixed tomorrow. You don't have to pay that $400 an hour plumber to come at 3am. Right. Um, 
you know, and more importantly, when someone doesn't pay their rent, you just change the lock and tell them they can have their stuff back when uh, <laughs> you, can, you can have your stuff back when your rent's paid up. Um, yep. You know, there's, there's not as much regulation. There's not as much rule. You don't have to worry about lead. You know, it's yeah. just a, it's, it's a tougher to finance and a tougher to get product, but a much right. easier to maintain. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of residential landlords are struggling now. I'm, I'm short uh, one rent from this month out of like 24 doors. Yep. So, you know, that's, that's good. I'll take that all day. So I think there's just less risk on the commercial side if you can get into it. What businesses are you renting to right now? Because there's there are some businesses that are completely out. You know, like gyms, restaurants, hair salons. Yep. What what businesses are you renting to that are paying? Uh, so I've got a lot of kind of oddball stuff. Um, one of one of my buildings actually has five churches in it. Um, really, churches are still paying. How many churches um, can you put in one building? <laughs> five apparently. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> um. They all get along, right? (laughs) There's one Saturday night church. I think they're Jehovah's Witness. There's a couple Sunday morning churches on opposite ends of the building and a couple Sunday night churches on opposite ends of the building. Um, So I put the church next to the yoga studio. That didn't work well. So we had to do some rearranging. No Um, kidding. The the microphone didn't work with Zen. Um, But, you know, we've got some churches. We've got, uh, you know, some tech companies. Uh, We've only got one retail and one hair salon out of all the properties. Yep. Um, everything else is kind of, you know, blue collar stuff. We've got a couple of mortgage lenders that are, that are tenants, a couple of lawyers that are tenants. So yep. those people are still working. So absolutely. And so you, you, how you assume the hair salon's the one not paying? No, no, she was good so far. She, uh, she said next month she'll struggle next month. Yeah. She'll have trouble if she has to, yep. uh, the one that's the one that's not paying is actually, it's a school uniforms. So it's retail, it's retail and school driven. So yeah. They're literally closed. Yeah. No, one's, no one's been in there for two months. Yep. Um, but whenever school starts, they're gonna they're still gonna sell the exact same number of uniforms just in a shorter period of time. <laughs> right. It's just gonna be whoop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're gonna sell the same amount of stuff. Kids still have to go to school, they still need uniforms. Right. Yeah, so we go back to school. There. That's that's an interesting uh, way to look at it. So you know, we've always stayed away from commercial for the one reason of, you know, finding the tenants can be difficult, but you've, you've filled 24 doors. How are you finding your commercial tenants? What, what way do you market to them? A lot of Facebook ads, you know, I'll kind of, I'll kind of look at, all right, so this space would be really good for um, office space. So I'll do a Facebook ad that goes to lenders, lawyers, therapists, massage therapists, um, yep. things like that. Um, the last space I rented in Auburn was just a big wide open space. Yep. Um, we put that out to yoga studios and sure enough, it's rented to a yoga studio now. Um, no kidding. Which is a great tenant. They're there three hours a day. Yeah, it's perfect. Right. They make all their money in a couple of hours in and out. Yep. I got to ask, what ad did you put up to get five churches? <laughs> in, in fairness, I inherited most of those. Um, those were, those were <laughs> we sure, Brian. <laughs> <clears throat> those were there when I bought the building. So I can't even take credit for that. Okay. <laughs> but, but they've been good tenants and we're going to keep them. Yeah, absolutely. Hey man, like it's, it's not good luck to, to kick out God's people, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's even better tenants. So they're four, four or five hours a week. They're in the building the rest of the week. They're not there. So, yeah. the, you know, the heat, the electricity, the wear and tear on the rugs and the hallways and the doors. And, you know, it's just a, it's just a lower maintenance tenant. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can definitely see that. I, I love it. Something, 
if something breaks or needs to be taken care of, they literally just want it done before next Sunday. Yeah. So you've got some time to take care of things. Yeah. You got a cool model, uh, Brian. And as far as investment goes, you're, you're not just buying real estate, you're building a business, right? You're, you're following the model that we talk about all the time is build a business, then buy real estate, build a business then buy real estate. It's not just, you, you can't buy real estate with no money, right? Like have we, sure. yes, absolutely. We've used, we've used no money down strategies and products and solutions, but we had money first, right? The, the deals that we were doing in the beginning, we had money to do. And yes, we believe in OPM, but having a funnel of money coming in, having a business that supplements your investments, there, there's no getting around it. It just makes the game so much easier and you can move with yeah, we've got, progression. I'm finishing up a flip house. that's under agreement to close on uh, in the end of May. Nice. And the, the proceeds from that property are the down payment for the Plainfield office that we hope to have open up at the end of June. I love that. I love that. That's going into doing a job to create an investment. A flip is a job. The property you're going to hold is an investment and it's also symbiotic to your business. It's like, <laughs> Brian, you got, you're, you're playing the game perfectly, man. So far. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I love it. So what advice, it's that time of the call. What advice would you give to somebody who's looking to get started as an agent? Um, you know, probably they have the investment mindset. They'd like to invest one day. Uh, but I'm telling all my wholesalers, you know, go get your license, go get your real estate license, say they're in the Worcester or the Connecticut area. And this, and this advice is going to go to everybody, but specifically for people in your location, because that's where you can really speak best about uh, real estate's local, local. Uh, what would you say for somebody who's uh, looking to get into real estate? You know, maybe they're, they're scared about taking that test or they're scared about signing up, uh, getting time for it. What p three piece of advice you go back to young Brian, who's looking at taking the test the first time, uh, what p three pieces would you give yourself? Find find a way. If you got to borrow four hundred dollars from your mother to take the class, take it. Um, if it's going to be a real career, you know, don't don't go get your real estate license because you want to sell your cousin's house and make five grand. Um, you might do that, but it's just it's not a. Eventually, you're going to end up in the negative by the time you're done paying fees and transactions and things like that. Um, so find a way to take the class. Find a way to take the test. When you pass your test, find someone who's going to invest in you. There's so many brokerages. Um, it's one of the reasons we opened ours. There's so many brokerages that will literally sign an agent and not talk to them again. Um, when I left the last brokerage I was with to, um, to open this one up, there was, there was actually a couple agents that really wanted to do the right thing and talk to their broker and say, hey, listen, you know, I've, I've decided to move on and go somewhere else, but they couldn't get them on the phone for two weeks. Um, never mind in person. So it's, you should never, as a broker, sign someone on that you're not willing to work with, talk to, and invest in. So find a broker who's going to do that with you. Um, and then the, the last thing is, I'm sure anyone can agree with this who's successful in real estate, is treat it like a job. You know, it's, it's, I always preach to my people, real estate is simple. You know the things you have to do, but it's just not easy. It's, yeah. you know, when it comes time to make your phone calls, the phone gets really heavy and tough to pick up. Um, but real estate, the simple thing, if you can, if you can constantly follow up with people and find a niche, find something you're good at with it, you'll never make more money, uh, than if you're, than if you're in real estate and working it like you really should. Um, you know, and a lot of people treat it like a hobby. If you treat it like a hobby, you'll make money like it's a hobby. Yeah. I like that. So take the test. Don't worry about how much it costs as long as you're committed to your success. As long as you get in it saying, you know what, I'm not getting out of this business until I've made a million dollars. You find someone else who's willing to commit to you the same that you are. And then find a broker mentor, someone who's willing to, to double down on your investment and take you to the next level. Yeah. 
I love that. And you know, we give the business advice of don't get into a business unless you can make a million dollars. <laughs> this business checks out for me. Trust me, you can make a million dollars as a real estate agent. It's uh, it's been done many times over. Yeah, and and people who have no right making a million dollars can make a million dollars in real estate. You know, Absolutely. people that that lack education, that lack maybe the. I always say real estate's kind of made for people who don't follow rules. Yeah. You know, they can't, they can't sit in. I, I would absolutely uh, destroy my career if I went to a nine to five job. Yeah. I couldn't sit there. I couldn't follow the rules. I couldn't listen to someone else tell me what to do. That's how you find yourself in real estate. That's exactly right. It's, it's for us, man. It's for the, the hot balls. <laughs> you know, we didn't do good in college. We didn't do good in school. You know, I never finished college. Uh, but if you have drive, real estate will reward you. That's, that's all it takes. If you have drive and you're a decent human being, real estate will reward you. So I, I agree, man. It's, um, I'm so thankful to be in the business. I'm thankful to be in business with people like you who are hustling, training, guiding. You know, we're on the 100 millionaire mission. Uh, we're looking to build 100 millionaires. I know up in one Worcester, we, you're working on the same mission with us. So, Brian, I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for taking the call this morning. You are continue to be an inspiration. You're helping a lot of people. And uh, how, what is the easiest way somebody to get in touch with you if they're looking for an interview over at One Worcester? Uh, just a quick text over to uh, 508-494-8757 or check out our Facebook page. Just It's One Worcester Homes on Facebook and you can message. It goes directly to me. If you guys have any questions on how to get in touch with Brian, shoot me a message. Uh, he's one of my good friends. I will be back in One Worcester at some point later in the year. If not, just uh, we'll do another virtual Zoom training. Uh, but I love you guys up there. You guys are doing an awesome job. And as I expand my network up there, I'm looking to send you some referrals. So thank you, Brian. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Good work. Bye, guys. Later, brother.